was a dark night. It was pitch black. Welcome to Bone and Sickle. I'm Al Reidenauer, and my co-host is uh, Mrs. Carswell, whom some of you insist on calling Sarah Chavez. Hello. We're presenting this short episode in a different format as an extra Halloween treat for our listeners, and we also hope to have uh, one last episode out in October, close to the night itself. Uh, Whereas most of our shows look at folklore and incidents happening centuries ago in Europe or further afield, in this one we're staying in the United States looking at how Halloween was celebrated, for better or worse, from the turn of the last century up into the the early 1930s. We'll do so by reading excerpts from various stories from newspaper archives of the period. We'll be uh, mixing actual news stories with uh, party tips from the lifestyle section and glowing party reports from the society pages. And we'll start off with an advertisement, actually. Though I uh, should include my own advertisement for Patreon, which is the uh, one thing that keeps this show coming out regularly. Donation levels begin at $1 a month, and there's a variety of books, downloads, and even a handcrafted bone and sickle mystery kit for our top donors. On our website, you can find our Patreon link and all the social media contacts, complete show archives and show notes, and links to media snippets used. So, uh, Mrs. Carswell will now give us a bit of that Halloween ad copy from back in the day. 1914, the Standard Union, Brooklyn, New York. Advertisement. A shame to dance by gaslight on Halloween. Much more appropriate for the Night of Witches is hobgoblin light diffused through pumpkin lampshades made of pumpkin yellow crepe paper in pumpkin shape with beaming pumpkin smile and wheat whiskers. Find them in the Halloween store. $1.48 up. Wheelbarrow, Jack Hormers, filled with rosy apples, each containing a favorite tango pies with farmer hobgoblin and his wife dancing. Grasshopper and tree trunk pies, witches' cauldron pies, all brimful of Halloween favors. Prices range from two ninety-eight up. Bags of Halloween flour, but you'll fill with candy instead. Fifteen cents. Bunches of onions. Fifteen cents. Ghosts for Halloween. Six cents up. Black cats. Five cents to one dollar nineteen. Witch masks, the funniest ever. Five cents. Subway floor, East Building. Nineteen thirty four, the Philadelphia Inquirer. If you know anything about the spirits that flit about on the night of October thirty first, you'll keep the car in the garage and have mops ready for the windows or the house. Last night, Mischief Night was thoroughly lived up to by a large portion of the city's younger population. Automobile tires mysteriously became flat. Doorbells rang, apparently of their own accord. Windows were smeared with chalk, and milk bottles were smashed in the streets. Some of the streets in South Philadelphia were virtually impassable, piled with fragments of bottles. Fourteen false alarms of fire were turned in during the evening. The boogeyman is gone now. 1907, Harrisburg Daily Independent. 
Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. The largest Halloween party ever held in Swatara Township, if not in Dauphin County, was held Thursday evening, October 31st, at the residence of Miss A. Naomi Hanshaw near Overland. The house was attractively decorated with autumn leaves, corn fodder, pumpkin men and women, and turnip lights being much in evidence. Numerous games were indulged in, special interest being manifested in a new game as introduced by the Honorable Charles Look, recently of Michigan. In the seed stringing contest, the first prize, an Eskimo doll, was won by Mr. John Bennett, Miss Alina Leiter of Oberlin winning second prize, a handsome baby rattle. Nineteen oh seven, Sioux City Journal, Sioux City, Iowa. The Halloween cake is one of the necessities of the Halloween supper. The caterers all understand the making of such cakes, but of course it is more fun for the girl who is giving the party to make it herself, if she be sufficiently advanced in the culinary art. A loaf pan, plain pound cake, nut cake, or raisin cake is used for the purpose, and in it are hidden a gold ring and a key. The one to whom the ring falls is sure to get married within the year, while she who finds the key in her slice of cake is sure to go a journey. Nineteen twenty-eight, the Birmingham News, Birmingham, Alabama. Summarizing calls received at police headquarters, one finds that there were thirteen calls for youths tossing rocks. One woman said she was eating dinner when a brick came through the window upsetting the dishes, her dinner and her nerves. Another reported several bricks came through his front windows. The police answered four calls necessitated by the tossing of overripe eggs. 1907, Sioux City Journal, Sioux City, Iowa. At one party, the guests were admitted to a silent house, lighted only by grotesque jack-o'-lanterns and blue burning alcohol, by an equally silent maid. They took off their wraps in a dimly lighted room and were received also in semi-darkness by a witch hostess. Such tableau as the three witches of Macbeth, Hamlet and his father's ghost, and their hostess riding a broom served to entertain them for a space, until they were swept by witches armed with brooms into another room, where all the regulation oracles of fate were provided. On another occasion the door was opened by a ghost. Other ghosts motioned the guests to the dressing rooms, where more ghosts were waiting to wrap them in the sheets they had been instructed to bring. The furniture was draped in white, and skulls, bones, and skeletons, probably artificial, were used as decorations. 1919, the Boston Globe, Boston. 
the children at the Industrial School for Crippled and Deformed Children on St. Boltoff Street were yesterday given a novel Halloween party. Ghosts and black cats thrilled the children, and from the grim blackness of closets gleamed the fiery faces of pumpkins. The older children wore paper caps, costumes, masks, and capes. Halloween songs were chorused with glee, and games were enjoyed hilariously. There was a wild scramble for Apple, and there was a game called Blowing Out the Candle and Eating the Marshmallow. Instead of candy, it was mostly string that was eaten. The marshmallow was a prize for eating a few yards of twine. Mrs. W. L. Allen of Chestnut Hill and Mrs. Edward L. Kent of Commonwealth Avenue saw to it that there was a feast of apples and candies and that favors were plentiful. Mrs. Philip Little of Salem provided the fancy napkins. Nineteen o seven, Belvedere Daily Republican, Belvedere, Illinois. Marauders wreck town and damages are great. The youths of the town left no sidewalk unturned in their effort to literally tear the town up, and every window bore some hideous soap inscription the next morning. Cement steps were even pried up, and every pane of glass in the creamery supply manufacturing was broken, and sugar beets equal in number to the windows were found in the building, having been the missiles thrown. Several buildings in the town were smeared with black paint, and claims for damages have already been filed, and prosecutions are sure to follow. Main Street was a spectacle to behold the next morning, tumble-down smokehouses and shacks having been placed in the thoroughfare. have your home ablaze with light, just faintly lighted. Have the hall the same, and when the bell rings, the door should swing open almost instantly, and a small white draped figure beckon to the guests to follow upstairs. The ghostly guide opens a door, and then the guest finds herself in a room without even a pretense of light. She should be taken possession of at once, and arrayed in sheet and pillowcase. If you have a barn, have the guide lead her there. If not, then back into the house in a room where there are others all in white. The room should be lighted only by jack-o'-lanterns. After the guest has stared at the jacks, lead her to a corner where sits a wrinkled old ghost and have her palm red. El Dorado Daily Republican, El Dorado, Kansas. The third story of the Watkins home was the scene of lively Halloween doings Wednesday evening, with Mrs. Myrtle and Violet Watkins entertaining 18 girls. Two hideous twin ghosts, one at the street door and one upstairs, received the guests. Mrs. Bernice Banson was victorious in an exciting potato chase. All bobbed for apples and found their fortunes in a nutshell. While seated upon pumpkins in the candlelighted room relating weird ghost stories, a boy dropped from the ceiling into the circle and was followed by four others. When the feminine shrieks of fright subsided, the crowd invited the young men to join them in a sumptuous banquet. 
1900, Chicago Tribune, Chicago, Illinois. A crowd of medical students have broken that department's record for gruesome Halloween pranks. Last night, in accordance with a well-organized plan, the anatomical laboratory was entered, and one of the cadavers spirited away. A strict guard was kept all night by the university janitors, but nothing out of the ordinary was discovered until this morning at 7 o'clock. When the attendant whose office it is to open University Hall arrived to perform his duty, he was confronted by a hideous sight. Propped up against the folding doors of the building and facing outward stood the headless corpse of a woman still swathed in the antiseptic bandages of the laboratory. It is rumored that there exists a photograph of the scene taken at sunrise by one of the party. Nineteen seventeen, the Boston Globe. An open fire adds much to the success of a Halloween party, because the nut test can be tried. Two hickory nuts, one named for the maiden and the other for the lover, are laid on the fire side by side. If they burst quickly, a happy courtship and marriage is assured. But if they fly apart, there is trouble ahead. <laughs> Nineteen o six, El Dorado Daily Republican, El Dorado, Kansas. The Bridge Club members entertained their gentlemen friends Wednesday at the home of Miss Grace Black. The card game of whist was the amusement, and Mrs. J. B. Adams and Ray Tack of Wichita won the prizes. The scorecards were hand-painted witches and other Halloween fortune tellers. Chicken salad, pea patties, hot biscuits. Olives, ice cream, assorted cake and coffee were served, and the novel way of serving the ice cream was in individual flower pots with a coat of chocolate and a small branch of cedar sticking in the center. 1917, the Boston Globe. Halloween party invitations should be a little out of the ordinary, as a short note written on a scrap of yellow wrapping paper adorned with a black cat, a witch, or an owl. The house decorations will correspond with the notes. Candles stuck in bottles may have black cat shades. Black kid gloves stuffed with wet bran should be placed where the guests would come in contact with them, while skulls and long bony hands could be cut from black paper and hung from the walls and chandeliers. Paper cloths and napkins with appropriate designs can be bought in the shops. Also, inexpensive favors, as horseshoes, rabbit foot, four-leaf clover, black cats, witches' brooms, and wishbones. An ingenious girl could fashion many of these favors at home. 1902, the post-crescent Appleton, Wisconsin. A party of young people of this city will drive out to the county asylum Friday evening, Halloween, and enjoy a dancing party there. Several dances are given annually at the asylum, it having been demonstrated that they have a beneficial effect upon the inmates. <laughs> 1921, the Boston Globe. The advent of Halloween and a boy's desire to have a human skeleton for pranks on that night was the cause of the desecration in the old Hawes Cemetery between Emerson and East Fifth Street in South Boston. 
The section in the vicinity of the cemetery was thrown into commotion late yesterday afternoon when three boys appeared on the street carrying a skull and bones of a human skeleton. Children gathered to see the ghastly relics, but scattered when they heard that a tomb in the old cemetery had been broken open and the skeletons taken out. To various streets the lads proceeded, and at each place the excitement grew as the gruesome tale was revealed. When the excitement was at its height, patrolman William Mutz of Division 12 came along. Quickly, he learned the facts, and soon he had arrested John G. Julia, age 15, and his brother, Peter Kate Julia, age 18, and Rudolf Klagenberg, age 15, of 683 East 7th Street. The skull was used in court this morning as evidence against the boys. Judge Logan heard the boys' story. John Julia explained that he was in the graveyard and saw a crack in the tomb. He didn't realize the seriousness of the matter, but thought merely of the fun that would result from his having a human skull painted white for the Halloween games. Nineteen o seven, Sioux City Journal, Sioux City, Iowa. A good time for the ghost stories, which are usually considered necessary to a Halloween party, is just after supper, as the party sits around the table. To make them effective, it is necessary to extinguish the ordinary lights and substitute them for some more ghostly form of illumination. Usually, alcohol is poured over a saucer of salt and lighted, but last year, a merry party I attended nearly ended fatally because something in the salt exploded. The stories may be told by the guests, or by a witch, whose effectiveness is greatly enhanced by an attendant black cat rubbed with phosphorus. Nineteen twenty-eight, the Birmingham News, Birmingham, Alabama. Police answered shooting calls, although no one was reported as shot. One man, evidently from Chicago, rode down 20th Street, firing a revolver in the air. In two instances, streetcars were blocked and police were called to help remove the rubbish. Traffic was halted more than 10 minutes on 1st Avenue. Officers and streetcar men removed garbage cans and other rubbish. 1907, Sioux City Journal, Sioux City, Iowa. Apple parings may be used very gracefully for finding out the first letter of a future husband's name. Peel the apple, keeping the paring even. Then, take it by one end in the fingers, swing it three times above the head, and let it drop. It will surely fall in the initial of the fateful name. That is, if one's eyes are sharp, to detect the hidden meaning of things. Apple seeds which have been cut and stuck on the eyelids are used to determine which of two lovers or friends cares most for one. Each seed is named for a friend, and the one which stays on the longest is most deeply interested. 1913, Times Democrat, New Orleans. Kansas City Boy sends telephone cable spool rolling down Long Hill. A boy's Halloween prank last night caused trouble for the police and the fire department. The boy spied a telephone cable spool in the street. A little block of wood held it from rolling downhill. 
The boy waited until he was sure there was no policeman watching, then removed the block. It started slowly, but as the great cylinder, six feet in diameter and weighing a thousand pounds, rolled on, its momentum increased. Just before it reached 12th Street, crowded with motor car and pedestrians, it was traveling 30 miles an hour. Then it crashed against a water plug. The hydrant was snapped at the base, and the rushing water shot into the door of a saloon. The water flowed down the street in a torrent. It took the police, the fire, and water departments two hours to stop the flood and restore order. Four girls on the sidewalk were within ten feet of the plug. Their dresses were ruined. Nineteen seventeen, the Boston Globe. Much exciting pleasure is found in a plate of sand in which is arranged one dozen tiny colored candles. When lighted, someone is blindfolded and led to the candles and allowed to blow thrice, and the remaining number would be the number of years before you were married. Nineteen thirty five, Salt Lake Telegram. Police Monday were investigating the death of W.H. Clark, 70, former Salt Lake City stockbroker, who was found dead about 3 p.m. Sunday in a room at the Marion Hotel West on South Temple Street. The body of Mr. Clark, when discovered by friends who had gained admittance to his room through a transom, was found with a chloroform-soaked towel covering his face, on top of which lay a Halloween skull mask, police said. 1899, Muscatine News Tribune, Muscatine, Iowa. The ladies of the Maccabees Relief Company's ball last evening was a pronounced success. The hall was beautifully and appropriately decorated with plants potted in hollow pumpkins, and the grinning faces of jack-o'-lanterns peered from the ends and sides of the hall. The lights in the hall were lowered, and with Mrs. E. M. Warner presiding at the piano, the audience witnessed the March of the Spooks by twelve ladies, with Miss Meek as the leader. They were dressed all in white and carried spook lanterns. Their marching was very much appreciated by the large audience present, and they received generous applause. In the formation of a cross, a Maltese cross, a mystic maze, and other figures, they showed careful drilling. It was a weird sight to witness their evolutions in their spotless white costumes by the fitful light from the small lanterns they carried. I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. And I haunt all of the bad oh, little boys. Oh, that's a sampling. I do hope we've uh, perhaps uh, provided you with uh, some archaic and creative ideas for your seasonal celebrations, and that someone out there will be uh, sticking apple seeds on their eyelids and cooking up some uh, Halloween pea patties. We'll be back with a third episode this month called All of Them Witches, closer to the night itself. Thanks for listening, and happy Halloween. I'm a snooky, ooky, spooky, wooky, eerie, dreary, scary ghost.